Friends, welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. It's, it's so good to have you with me today. And today's episode is going to be an interview with Mari Aiken. And I'm not going to tell you too much about her. Well, you probably already read it in the show notes, actually. But I'm not going to tell you uh, much about her because she's going to tell us her testimony and what she does. But basically, she works for Alpha. And... Um, She's going to talk to us a little bit about what you know what's happening with Alpha, but also her testimony is just fab in itself. Uh, dead excited to have you with me today. Uh, this is the first episode back in the new year, 2024. Hi, gang. I'm just going to jump in. So I originally recorded a intro here uh, back at the end of 2023 that no longer makes any sense. So this is now Chris in 2023. Four. Um, I was in the episode. I go on to tell you how we've had a problem with the Making Disciples website, how we've lost all of the data of those that have used the website and the assessment tool over the last six years. And the invitation was would you go back to the website and would you redo your assessments? That's all gone. That's all changed now. And uh, actually, we had this amazing miracle uh, in the month of December where, uh, through a strange turn of events, the website ended up being uh, removed and we thought we'd lost everything. And then through another turn of events, actually, it was all refound in a different location uh, and like a copy of it uh, was found so we were able to reinstate it so everything that I was going to go and tell you in the episode now please go to the website uh, and use it I don't need to tell you but what I would say is this that Lent is coming could you would you encourage your churches to think about using Making Disciples uh, the assessment tool and the workbook this Lent we really want to see churches engaging with disciple making um, and one of the best ways you can do that is through the website and through the uh, Making Disciples workbook that we produced a few years ago could your church use it this Lent I'm going to go back to the uh, episode now uh, and we're going to skip out the whole bit where we talk about losing the website so friends, welcome to Making Disciples. Welcome to the, uh, welcome to the podcast. Please do head to the website. Uh, we are makingdisciples.com. And please enjoy this interview today with Mari. Uh, she talks to us about her testimony, but also Alpha. Mari, welcome to Making Disciples. It's really, really, really nice to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited. I don't know why it's not took a, well, yeah, I don't know why we took so long to get here, to be honest, because there's been a number of times of like, we've just got to get her on. We've just got to get her on. And somehow I've just failed to, to make this happen. So I'm really pleased to have you with us today. Um, now, some people don't know you. They don't know mm -hmm. what you do. You're a mystery <laughs> at the moment to them. Love you that. won't be by the end. Uh, so let's creep up on this. Uh, let's first ask this question. How did you come to faith? Yeah, sure. I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. In fact, we did not go to church. Church was really quite a foreign concept for me. Um, and I, I came to faith because the youth leader at the local school actually brought church to me in our high school. They came and did the lunchtime club and um, they came and ran the CU. And at the time, um, I'm just being super honest, I was an awful child. I was on the verge of getting expelled. I'd already been suspended three times. So I was literally on my very final last warning. And 
I'd worked my way through every single class, every single club, every single after school activity to traumatize people. Um, I would make it my life's mission to go into um, like after school clubs to basically be horrible and to like ruin the experience of everybody else. I, I can't tell you how awful a teenager I was. I think it sounds terrible, but I just need to own it and be honest about it. And I remember walking into the Christian union um, thinking, these guys don't know me yet. Let's see if, let's see what havoc I can wreak. Um, and they were so nice and it was so annoying. And every single week they just kept on inviting me back. They were like, Mari, so great to see you. I'm like, no, it's not great to see me. I should be ruining your day. Like you shouldn't want to uh, come back to this school because of how bad I am. That's that's my attitude. But, you know, underneath all of that, I was a really hurting kid. Um, I can look back at that, you know, in 20 years later and kind of go, I know why I was acting out because there was stuff going on underneath the surface. and. The youth leaders showed me kindness. They killed me with kindness every single week. They'd come back, Mari, so great. What's your thoughts? What are you thinking about? Uh, they ran youth alpha in the school. They kept on inviting me to things outside of that environment. So they invited me to what I now know is like a, a youth night, um, you know, where they're doing like a cinema night or they're doing a social or they were putting on, you know, events in the church. And I would really, again, I would go with the mindset of let's ruin this event. So I would sneak vodka and water bottles and um, I would just get absolutely blind drunk at 16 years old, like in the middle of like a youth event. And they were like, not to worry, Mari, don't worry. You know, we'll look after you. And, and they, they just killed me with kindness until I was about 18. And I'd realized I belonged to a youth group at a local church without really realizing it um, because I'd just been welcomed into that environment continually that I thought, gosh, there must be something to this. And I remember every Friday when we had like youth night, they'd do a worship night. I'd go along, bear in mind, still not made a decision, still not made a commitment, still really turning up desperately better at my um behavior but still very much turning up thinking I was an outsider to this group thinking I think there's something to this and I sneaky put my hand up at a response moment and I think every Friday every single youth leader was looking around the room to see if like was this the day Mari's going to say yes to Jesus um, and that was the day Mari said yes to Jesus and I'd love to say my behavior changed instantly and overnight it didn't I had some addictions I needed to work out and thankfully you know God is good and um, I went through that process um, but my life has radically changed. If people know me now, they know that I'm not that type of person. I don't turn up to wreak havoc. I turn up to, to be very joyful and blessed people. Um, my whole attitude has changed. God has transformed my life. And um, for my family, it was an interesting journey because they couldn't put anything, you know, work out what was it that changed me. It was God. It was it's a huge testimony to my family to see this troublesome teenager who got herself arrested, got herself kicked out of school, had some really bad habits, actually belonged to a really safe community, local church, and radically transformed by Jesus. So there you go. That's wow. my story. <laughs> Do you know what it was that made you behave and act in that way? You know, what was the triggers earlier on for you that made you go down that path? 
Yeah, I think to be fair, I was very dyslexic. I still am. And um, that's always been quite a journey for me. And at school, when you when I look back at that time, I, I was just told that I just wasn't very good. So being told you're not good, you then behave badly. Um, I wasn't really given much support and I found I found that really difficult. So instead of trying to even engage in lessons, I would just um, be disruptive in lessons. And my disruptiveness just continued to get worse and worse and worse. Um, I think once I threw a chair at a teacher <laughs> and got kicked out. Um, so it, it wasn't great. Um, but yeah, I can put it down to really struggling anyway at school. Um, stuff really shifted for me I did a lot of acting as a child um so I missed a lot of school in my early years which is really when you kind of learn the basics so I was coming into high school having missed a lot of my primary school education because I was on tv set most of the time doing hang things. on back up back up <laughs> I was going to talk to you about the dyslexic stuff but we'll pin on that what do you mean you were on tvs like what was that about yeah um i think from the age of about three to eleven i've been on quite a number of things that you will now google and have a look at um bbc pride and prejudice so i was one of the main characters on that um one of the children which was really fun i did a lot on mr bean a lot on lovejoy quite a bit on eastenders um yeah just not ever main main characters very much kind of sidelines um extra stuff uh one of the eastenders stall family people i was one of their children um which was fun um but yeah the, as time got on and, and i got actually got some lines which is quite exciting for an actress um it was very apparent that i couldn't read and i couldn't memorize so actually my career um, if we want to call it that, <laughs> kind of fizzled out at the top end of 11 because I clearly couldn't take it further mm. because actually I, I couldn't absorb the lines and I certainly couldn't read what was on scripts. So it, it actually got quite difficult for me. Um, so I'm very good at speaking um, and I'm very good at presenting things because it's given me some good skills for life and it's given me some fun kind of two truths and a lie um trivia games but yeah it, it was a fun childhood friend that's for sure that's amazing <clears throat> First, i didn't know you got dyslexia to start with i i never never knew that because i'm severely dyslexic as well and i had to work out how to navigate that i certainly can't i did drama as, as a kid i could not remember the lines i, I may i can riff my own lines uh so yeah. it's impromptu i'm very good <laughs> but it's memory <laughs> i don't Oh, well, so then you, you ended up coming to faith, part of the church youth group. And, yeah. you know, the question has to be, you know, what difference did Jesus make in your life? Absolutely huge. I, I honestly feel like I, I was given a heart, actually, when I said yes to Jesus. I think it was very cold and it was very stubborn and it was very bitter towards people. Um, you know, it, I, I really didn't like anybody. <laughs> I think that's probably the only thing I could say up until the, the moment that I said yes to Jesus. I honestly felt my heart transform. Um, and I felt like I was never alone again. And, and again, I felt very lonely before that. And I know I was pushing people away. I can look back at that and go, you know, people tried to help. People tried to intervene. People tried to love me, you know. Um, it was me that was pushing them away. But you can't push Jesus away. Once you say yes to him, he lives inside you. 
And I think for me, that was the case that I just was never going to be alone. No one was ever going to let, he was never going to let me down ever because that's just not his nature. And that's all I had known is people um, giving up on me, if that makes sense. And that's why I tried to push away the the youth leader that came into my school because I knew eventually he'd give up on me. Um, and I was just trying to prove a point that this is what people do. And he didn't. And because he didn't, I was like, there must be something to being a Jesus follower. And there really is. Do you remember his name? Mark. Mark. It's great to honour people, isn't it, who've, it who've is. invested into us in that way. Because we've all got, and that's one of the things I want to talk to you today about, is about sharing faith and maybe yeah. that long-term commitment to people who yeah. we're sharing faith with. Um, and, you know, we become the name that somebody else remembers. Yeah. We remember the ones that spoke into our lives and we hold on to them and treasure them, don't we? Uh, then, but then how do we become the next person for someone else? So tell us, what, what do you do now? What, what, how do you fill your time? Yeah, I work for Alpha, which is a huge privilege. It's um, here in the UK. We have an incredible team that look after churches all across the four countries. And we basically look after how their courses are running. We help them train their team to run Alpha. Um, I think the biggest privilege in my job is that I get to sit down with church leaders and I get to discuss with them, you know, what are your pain points when it comes to mobilizing your congregation to evangelize, to do personal faith sharing? And I get to share how Alpha can play its part in helping that. Um, I've been doing it for a number of years now. Um, so I've been able to have much bigger and wider conversations with churches around faith sharing and evangelism. So we don't just talk about how a course um, can really help and how they can run well, but actually how we can shift a culture um, of invitation and how we can really ignite people for mission again. Mm. So I get to do that. I call myself a professional coffee drinker because I literally just travel around and have coffee with people in churches all the time. Um, and it's a real privilege to serve the church in this capacity because it's a huge passion of mine. The reality is Alpha, it, re it really isn't a course. Mm. It's a tool yeah. that really is a gift to the church to immobilize confidence in the congregation in reaching people. And we've seen this as people have led Alpha for us at church. Their confidence then in the workplace changes because they've now got all of this content that they've now learned as they've mm -hmm. delivered that content on the Alpha course at church. They know, well, you know, I could share that in work. So in some ways, you know, when people say to me, oh, the Alpha course, I'm like, oh, it's more than a course. It really is a tool that that not only helps people find faith it disciples those that you've got and it builds confidence in people that this gospel really does change lives there's nothing better than a testimony of somebody's of their life transformed no um, it's, it's quite it's quite something isn't it it is and i think you know one of the beauties of people that are on team at alpha as well like you've just touched on the fact that it's part of their discipleship journey you know if you ever want to lead a small group or a life group or a connect group for your church start at alpha first you know that's the best way to do it if you ever want to lead a team at church help on alpha it's an incredible place for you to learn your own skills your own discipleship want to grow in your faith know the basics really well <laughs> go through alpha yourself like it, it is an incredible incredible personal tool i love watching it when i do alpha with churches all across and um, because i always pick up something new again i'm like i've seen this course probably like 50 times plus and there's always something new yeah. that i learn which yeah. is phenomenal so yeah it's, it's am, beautiful am i right in thinking is it 29 million people have now done alpha 
think it's more um absolutely i think it's more we've got an incredible goal and um, by 2033 we want to see a hundred million people <gasps> go through- let me write that number down 100 million oh my gosh hang on let me just think about this how are you gonna get there so yeah, I, I okay it. the only reason i remember this number is because i've i'm doing a doctorate right now as part of my doctorate i I'm interested in movements and how exp- how things become exponential movements and Christianity became one of those. And so I was looking at how Alpha went from being a discipleship course in the what late 70s, early 80s, and now as so um, and now it's in prisons and you know, it's gone global. Um, so I'd remember this number of 29. It might be 27 million. Oh, anyway, one of those numbers from was it 2019 or something? So sure. to get to 100 million, yeah. Come on, let's, how, how how is that going to happen? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's above my pay grade, um, but there's there's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes in terms of our own infrastructure. You know, making sure that we're bringing the best digital experience to churches as well. So, you know, they're using you know incredible resources that rival anything else on Netflix. Or, um, we're making sure that we're really equipping the church with resources that really help them mobilize people to invite to run more courses. Um, we're upskilling our staff, so we are the as good as we can be for you like it's a huge investment and it's an incredible vision um that alpha international have got to see 100 million people globally um be invited to alpha and come through that experience and i'm again massive privilege being part of something with such a huge vision and i can't wait to play my small part here in the uk to see that happen it's not a small part that you're playing um I was so thrilled. You, you guys came and led the Alpha course for us at Spring Harvest this year, and it was yeah. just so awesome to hear the stories oh. of people coming to faith. It is really, really cool, and I'm excited to see where that goes as well uh, as people not only go on it but then want to run it for themselves. Before we come back to Alpha, because, uh, you know, mm. I, I we run it, we love it, and, um, uh, yeah, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more. I want to talk about you again for a second around evangelism and sharing faith because uh, I have had to work really hard personally in overcoming some barriers to uh, sharing faith that I've had to have a lot of courage to overstep those barriers. Courage being stepping out of my comfort zone into new zones. Uh, how have you gone uh, how have yeah? How, how have you built confidence? How have you stepped out of the, that fear of how will I be received? Uh, and what has evangelism looked like for you personally? Yeah, I think about two years ago, I really came to terms with the fact that I wasn't an evangelist, if that makes sense. Um, I think I thought that I was, um, and that was potentially you know a gift of my life. And then actually, I, I really believe that everyone does evangelism, um, and that's actually a part that everyone plays. And I think I really understood what that meant because, again, like, do not put me on a big stage and and ask me to do like a massive um, gospel message and altar call because that's just not my gifting. Um, But my gifting is coming alongside someone and sharing a little bit about how God's transformed my life. And um, that doesn't mean that I come alongside strangers either. I think the biggest opportunity we have is the people who are already in our circles. Um, I find it really easy whenever I'm I'm chatting to someone and they're asking, how's your weekend? I'm like, it's great. 
great. I was at church. Like we did this and we can bring faith into everyday conversations all the time. Um, it's stepping out and taking very simple steps towards building that confidence. And there are more opportunities to share your faith than you realize. We tend to opt out of those opportunities. And those opportunities do like, how was your weekend? What did you do? You know, what are you up to this Christmas? Like that, the, there are incredible ins that people give us constantly. Um, the last time I shared my faith actually was in a taxi about two weeks ago. I was getting picked up outside a church and they were taking me to a train station. And the taxi driver just said, oh, why am I picking you up from there? And I said, oh, I've just had a meeting with the church leader. I work for um, a Christian charity and, and they're about to run a course here. And I, I was just meeting to say hello. And they're like, who do you work for? What do you do? Um, and I was able just to really, you know, kind of talk it through and, and, and actually invited him to attend their Alpha course, which was really fun because he was local to that city and I wasn't. Um, and that doesn't mean that, you know, just because we're working in ministry, we are all in ministry, like whether you're paid or unpaid, like you do not need permission um, to only talk about your faith. If you're in certain spaces, like that was an easy in for anybody. So, yeah, that that was the last time I shared my faith. I was able to kind of share a little bit about you know where I was coming from because he asked me like the conversations are constantly there mm. it's actually taking the simple steps to have them um so yeah I, I think for me just to circle back on what you said I think I realized that um I it wasn't I wasn't an evangelist in mm. in terms of like a, a massive gifting on my life but it is my um remit as a Christian to partake in evangelism um, to do it with the people that are already in my sphere and influence and to take the opportunities that are presented to me every single day, which are, what did you do at the weekend? Come on, you went to church. Such an easy win. It's... Yeah, yeah I, I, I had a really fun thing recently where a lady walked into church, got chatting with her, she'd never been to our church before. Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, how did you get here? Like, what's your story to get here? She said, oh, I was at work this week. And uh, we had some new colleagues that started, I just started, and um, we had to all go around and say who we are, who we are, and a little bit about ourselves. And somebody on the circle said, uh, this is their name, and that they were busy this weekend uh, at church doing dot, dot, dot. And uh, somebody must have said, oh, well, you know, what church? So they, they'd responded, and um, she turned up. Yeah, it's and incredible. It was a, a member of our congregation had just shared this. I mean, get careful what I say because I don't have permission to give their names. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's using the places where it's natural and normal for you in your workplace, isn't it? Or wherever you are. It's just natural, normal conversations. Yeah. Do you have any tips? So for those people who maybe just struggle with the confidence to know, actually, I'm not going to be laughed at. Do you have any tips on how you could start to be a bit more open about your faith, yeah. um, family life in the workplace, bumping into yeah. people in the streets, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think one of the biggest confident builds for me was when the Talking Jesus research came out recently. And it, it showed us actually that, you know, people think Christians are caring, friendly and good humoured. They were the top three things. You know, they love us. They actually like us, guys. They they don't think we're we're hypocritical in any way. They they don't think we're narrow minded. They, they actually are for you. 
Um, and I think, again, another confidence thing for me was one in three people are open to an encounter or experience with Jesus. So we've got a nation that likes us and we've got a nation that's open. So I think that's the massive confidence build right now is that, you know, you you are welcome in that space to share who you are. Um, and, and I think as well, take confidence in the fact that you don't need to know everything at all. Um, people are asking your your opinion, your thoughts, your faith. Um, you don't need to be a theologian. You don't need to know every Bible scripture off the top of your hand. And actually, if you don't have the answers, invite them to Alpha, because that is a space where people can ask questions in a, in a safe environment. So if your church, if you're listening and your church runs an Alpha course and you have faith conversations in, in your workplace, because we all do all the time. You're, if you're talking about politics, it always comes down to ethics and faith. You know, if you're talking about what's going on in the world, bring it into an Alpha course where we can bring God into the mix with it as well and people can explore but what I would say to anyone listening is don't invite them to go, go with them. Mm. Be the person that takes them. Um, be in that space too, because you need to sit and have those conversations as well. So yes, build your confidence. Know that they're for you. That's a huge thing. Know that they want to hear about you. They're curious about Jesus. Um, don't take big, bold steps. Just take simple steps and invite people with you. You know, don't just send them to something. Go alongside them and go. Mm. I love it when I see that. I think it's beautiful when I speak to churches and they tell me that their course is full of, you know, half of their congregation, half of their friends, and they've brought people with them. It's working. That's yeah. that's phenomenal. I heard, um, I was with Fusion the other week, and I mm. heard them say that, um, 75% of young adults have said if they were invited to church, they would go. Yes. 75%. Yeah. Why are we not inviting people? I know. Why it's, are we not inviting people? It's so difficult. And especially around Christmas and Easter, you know, because I think for like 48 weeks of the year, like we invite people to go to church. And then for four weeks of the year, two weeks at Easter and two weeks at Christmas, people walk through the doors of our church without us actually having to make much effort because they feel like it's hereditary that it's historical they should go to church at those two times of the year um but for those other 40 48 48 weeks like why aren't we inviting like if this is somewhere that we're going every week and this is a big thing for us and actually this is our community you know wouldn't you want to like share that with someone that you love and 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 work alongside and be a part of and I think a lot of that has to do with like, this is my world and I'm not quite sure if I want to bring you into my world yet. And sometimes we probably just need to be comfortable in the blend um, and just allow people to experience and, and not put too much pressure on it. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought this, but like I've invited a friend before now, not to my current church, but to a church once upon a time. And we walked through the doors and we sat down and I was like, oh, that's not the band that I wish they were listening to. Oh, that's not the preacher I wish I was on today. And like all, all of these things going in your mind, you're like, stop it. 
you can't curate someone's experience of God. Um, like they will interact with it. It's all new to them. It doesn't, they're not looking for your favorite worship leader or your favorite preacher or your favorite greeter on the door. Like they're experiencing it for the first time. It's all new. Like just be in it with them. If they didn't have a good time, thanks so much for coming. I would love to come with you to something that you're really interested in. Let me, you know, come alongside you and what you want me to come to. So yeah, don't put too much pressure on yourself. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Can we can we swing back to Alpha? Yes. So some of the most fun things I've heard about Alpha is when Alpha's not even running church. Mm, it's yeah, running cool. elsewhere. So yeah, yeah. If we have any listeners, which I'm hoping we do, uh, <laughs> and I know we've got listeners, but you know, the question is if they want to run Alpha or thinking maybe I could run Alpha, I'm not a church leader, or I've never, I've, you know, I don't, I'm not very good at running stuff, but they're kind of dreaming, could I? Like, what would you say? Yeah. And like, where are the most interesting places you've seen Alpha run? Because I've heard about it in classrooms, I've heard about it in workplaces. Um, heard about it in coffee shops. Uh, you know, wh where are the kind of places that you hear that people are running it outside the church? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, if you're interested in running Alpha, I think it's first like check in with your church because even though you may not be running it for your church or in the church, at the end of the day, our desire is that people connect to a church after mm -hmm. Alpha. So I think it's really important that you do kind of speak to your church and say, I'd love to do this in X in my workplace. Like, will you support me? Um, how how can you help me? Um, so I think it's really good to be connected to a church. I just want to throw that out there. Um, but where have I seen it? I mean, we're in prisons, you know, not just in the UK, but globally. That's phenomenal. We're seeing a <laughs> revival go on with that right now. And um, like you should definitely like have a whole episode just talking about what's going on in the prison system in the UK because it's phenomenal. Um, I've seen it in pubs. I've seen it in classrooms. I've seen it in the workplace. I actually recently went to a workplace. I can't say which one, but um, 16,000 members of staff on site at this location that I went to go visit. Um, it's like going to Disneyland. The place is huge. They had golf buggies to get me from one place to another place. And um, it, it felt phenomenal being inside this massive, you know, corporate place. And then all of a sudden Alpha was taking place in one of the conference rooms. And just to kind of sit alongside mm. people and go, why did you come today? Like, what brought you to here? She, and I spoke to one guest. Her name was Holly. Um, never been to a church before. Not grown up in a Christian environment. Um, she just said, quite honestly, I've got some questions about what's going on in the world. And they said, if I've got questions, come along. So it's as simple as that. Like, how easy? Like, Holly would not have gone if it wasn't in her work environment, if it wasn't during her working day. Um, but because it was there, she did it. And that was brilliant. So, yeah, pubs, I've seen it. Gosh, nightclubs, I've seen it in a nightclub. Um, I've seen it all over the place, Chris. It can literally be run anywhere. As long as you've got like a screen that you can play it on, um, you, you're good to go. Mm. That's the beautiful thing is, you know, you, you may be confident in delivering the alpha content. And if you're not, you've got the videos. Yeah, absolutely. That's thing. I've ended up using the youth alpha videos at my place. 
because the level of those was just perfect for the adults I was working with at that particular point. So even uh, that's an option. You're know, using the youth alpha videos. I think they're they're brilliant as well. Look, if anybody wants to run an alpha course or wants to know more about alpha or interested in that, where should they go? How could they connect in? Uh, and yeah. where can they kind of find you if they want to hear more from you? Sure. Uh, you can get in touch with me directly if you're interested in running Alpha and we'll pop their email address in the comments in the podcast bit, which would be great. Um, or you can go onto our UK Alpha website and have a look. Um, and if you want to connect with me, I'd love to connect with you. I've actually got my own website. It's mariaken.com. Um, it would be great. I love to write around evangelism and faith sharing and do some stuff and build confidence in people around this because it's all of our remit it's it's what we all meant to do um and it's something that we're all kind of on a journey together and should support one another whilst we step out and make some simple steps towards faith sharing so yeah alpha you can in contact me directly or uk alpha and then if you want to find me check out my website mari thank you so much for going. and i would love to know more about the prison stuff as well yeah. you know spring harvest this year we were able to put spring harvest into prisons mm -hmm. And we've got more happening for this year's event, which is so exciting. God seems to be doing something yes, in prisons and, and, and people working together on that mission, not kind of individuals doing their own. So maybe that could be a whole nother episode at some point. Alpha in prison, that'd be amazing. Mary, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Grace and peace. Bye.